Hello and welcome to the PopBreak.com's official Oscars podcast, hosted by Marissa Carpico and Matt Taylor. This is Marissa Carpico, the film editor at thepopbreak.com. I'm here with my co-host, Matt Taylor. Say hello, Matt. Hi, everyone. Uh, And we are here for yet another episode of the Way Too Early Oscar podcast. Um, This is another one of our category breakdowns. We're doing, um, you know, everybody's favorite (laughs) categories, makeup and hairstyling and costuming. Um, You know, real barn burner here. Um, thank you for listening, whoever you are, <laughs> basically. Our most dedicated um, fan. <laughs> yes, thank you so much. We really appreciate you for coming on this journey with us. Um, so we're going to start with the uh, best achievement in makeup and hairstyling. Um, nominees are Emma, Hillbilly Elegy, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Mank, and Pinocchio. Um, a film we just jokingly said we would never watched, watch, and then yet we both watched <laughs> <laughs> for this podcast the, the the curiosity was too strong um and uh like the cat the proverbial cat it bit us in the ass um but we'll talk about that in a minute um i paid six dollars <laughs> we paid six dollars a piece we both we paid 12 whole dollars the two of us to see the that film and do i regret it not necessarily but i did i will have nightmares for the rest of my life mm-hmm. um but let's start on happier notes. Um, Emma, a film I reviewed for the site, um, uh, and which you have seen, basically. Uh, how about you talk about it first? Yeah, um, you know, the the hair and makeup for this, it's it's definitely impressive. I wouldn't necessarily like, um, you know, it's not the first one that jumps to mind as like, a, we have to reward this for hair and makeup, um, especially when, you know, we're literally going to talk about the costumes in a few minutes and like the costumes just jump out so much more as like the obvious like thing to look at in the in the frame but you know it's a beautiful looking movie it's so you know well styled and um you know I mean like I I should say I saw this is one of the last movies I saw in theaters before the pandemic and um I went with a friend and like my friend was like Anya Taylor-Joy's hair is, like, insane. Like, it's the most beautiful hair I've ever seen on a person. And, like, I think if, like, you know, that seems to be true across the board for Anya Taylor-Joy. Yeah, and, that's just her, uh, that's her life. Like, look at her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, she's just incredible. But, you know, I, I'm I'm all for giving Anya Taylor-Joy's hair an Oscar. Like, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're, I, I agree with you fully. Uh, it's not the thing I would notice. I, I will say it is period hairstyling, so it looks very distinct there are certain um hairstyles that stand stand out in it i suppose um particularly hers but like you know she could read a newspaper and i think i'd be interested frankly (laughs) like someone that beautiful it's like you know any anything she does seems ethereal um but yeah i it's not the thing i would think of but it is good you know those those uh, the the like the Regency hairstyles are very complex and they all seem fine to me. I don't know anything about that period, but listen, it didn't read wrong. So uh, mm-hmm. I'm happy to, you know, um, I, I think it's, it's, it's a nice nomination for a film that I didn't love, but in terms of its production design and like everything visually about it is, you know, incredible. 
Um, let's move on to Hillbilly Elegy um, for, I assume, uh, Glenn Close's neutral Terminator um, makeup, <laughs> which is a little surprising because I, it looks like makeup, <laughs> frankly, to me. Um, you know, uh, every nomination for this film is a little con- uh, confusing to me, frankly. Um, I don't know. I guess they did a fine job making Amy Adams look look run down I suppose but like isn't that the academy academy's fault at this point for making her do these things maybe that's just how she looks now um no <laughs> Amy Adams is a stunningly beautiful woman um who's just been done wrong by the industry so many times um yeah I don't I it's I guess it makes sense but I don't think I don't know I don't think it's an achievement this film the makeup it's so obvious frankly <laughs> i don't know i just did not not a lot of nice things to say about hellbillyology um matt i'm sure you're not going to change that no yeah the with as with the whole film it's like it almost feels condescending it's like wow like isn't it incredible that like we made glenn close and amy adams not look glamorous and it's like it's like oh my god like the whole thing the book the book it's based on the the movie that we got is just so condescending and silly and like in such a bad faith argument i suppose of like where you know the whole thing is like don't you like you shouldn't judge these people for where they come from but the entire story is judging them and making and making otherizing them essentially based on you know their 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 you know behavior and their um where they, where they grew up and their their class and it's like the makeup is so just over the top and yeah. like wild. And I don't know. I just like, I'm not surprised because this is the, I, I'm in a way more surprised you didn't get more nominations, but um, you know, it is, it is disappointing nonetheless. And I, I'm, I'm happy. It's probably not going to win because I just, we, we just can't let Hillary Elegy win an Oscar. We can't, we can't no. let it. No, the, the the time has come to admit that we that it's not it shouldn't even be acknowledged. We should have, should have never even looked at it. We should do what Bryce Dallas Howard did and ignore it completely. She didn't even post about it on her socials. She posted about <laughs> Zola. Okay, her dad didn't direct Zola. He directed this. Um, but we're all excited about Zola. She's God, like, imagine if Ron Howard directed <laughs> Zola. <laughs> you know what? I would watch it just to see what happens. Oh boy! If I could put them next to each other, goodness! Um, if I could dip into that alternate reality and, and play them next to each other, what a treat! Um, let's go to Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Um, I'm assuming it's kind of mostly for Viola Davis's um, makeup, where she has to look sort of like sweaty and run down the whole time, um, and like uh, furious, basically, <laughs> just like so unhappy to be there. That I think of that movie, and I think of her. Uh, also, another film I reviewed for the site where that heavy eyeliner underneath her eye, but you know, it's just like running cause she's sweating. I think it's like really good character work, the, the makeup in this. Um, and obviously there's like other makeup too, I suppose like um, Chadwick Boseman's sort of dandified, um, <clears throat> like very prim look uh, is, is part of that. I mean, it's obviously less obvious because he's not, you know, he's probably wearing very little makeup or at least makeup that sort of blends a little more. Um, but yeah, it's it's decent. I it's it's like it's makeup or it's like makeup and hairstyling that's doing character work, which I appreciate. Like the hairstyling on I think Chadwick Boseman is, is a 
is part of his like primness and dandified sort of air. Um, and everybody's everybody's look is doing something, setting the period and setting saying something about character. So I think it's very good, actually. I agree completely. It is like Viola Davis's look in this film and the mm. the close-ups of her face as mm. she sings are just some of the most memorable images from films in 2020. And like wow. it's incredible work. The, the movie it's is is gorgeous, but like the makeup is doing so much of the work and um yeah, I, I was so thrilled to see this get the nomination. It's it's such a it's such a good pick. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. It would be wonderful if it went. I don't I don't know if it will, but I, I think it's very good. Um, how about you to go in on Mank? Yeah, um, <laughs> I feel very similar to it as I do the the makeup in films like Vice and in films like um, <laughs> what's the what's the, are you okay? <laughs> Sorry, no. We're gonna have to cut that out. <laughs> Jesus. Are you I okay? Uh -oh. Yeah, I don't know what my <clears throat> I'm like really my throat's real messed up today. Okay, okay well, you wanna start uh, again from the mank situation? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just restart it because <clears throat> I'm gonna mute myself for a couple seconds, try to clear this out, and then mm -hmm. if you want to throw it at me, go ahead. Yeah, I'll improv for a while. Um yeah, I feel similar to this as I do um, the the nominations and or wins for films like The Darkest Hour and Vice, where it's like, you know, why did we nominate any actors from it if the makeup got nominated in the end and might win? Because it's like, the makeup's good. I think, you know, it is not necessarily like, the most impressive thing, as with all of Mank, um, it it reads a bit of trying too hard, if you ask me. But um, you know, it it is impressive. It transforms Gary Oldman. It like it you know makes the people you know the people who we know from so many other things look like people who we know from the past and everything. And you know, it's it's impressive in in some regards, but. Um, it's just un, an unimaginative nomination, I think. And um, again, it's like, we should have picked, do we want to nominate the makeup or Gary Oldman and just do <laughs> fun? And that's, that's, that's what I think, basically. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, yeah, you almost think they probably did it for Gary Oldman and um, the guy pretending to be, um, oh God, uh, you know, Citizen, the director of Citizen Kane, whose name I can't remember at the moment. Oh, Orson Welles. Um, mm -hmm. Like those are the two things they gave it for, uh, and and like, you know, it's just like black and white hillbilly elegy. You know, <laughs> like okay, I guess. Like, um, I and yeah, I don't know. I don't think the makeup and hairstyling is t doing a lot. I mean, it is setting the period in a way, but I I don't think it really tells us anything about the characters in the way that like Ma Rainey's does. It's not as effective and and affecting um, as that film. It's fine, you know, uh, like. You know, they make they make Amanda Seyfried look like a total, you know, movie star, which she is. Um, but otherwise, I don't know. It's fine. Um, we can move on from it. Mm. Let's let's talk about the, the film we really want to talk about. Yeah. Um, Pinocchio. Buckle in for uh, 20 minutes, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yesterday, I spent much of my my time climbing with some friends listing the um, the nightmares, the, the nightmare images of Pinocchio. Um, 
there's so much this is it's such a visual um not treat treat is not the right word <laughs> visual uh of the kind of feast you don't want to be at i suppose um a buffet of nightmares um the the kid in it uh who plays pinocchio it's it's appears to be just makeup which is very impressive i will say but was so uncanny valley for me that i spent the first 10 to 20 minutes being like is that CGI or is that a kid under there? Like, what's what's going? What am I looking at? Like, the makeup is so wild and like they're they're basically often integrating real human faces into things that are not human. The worst one for me is that tuna that is in the belly oh of the god. shark. You, oh my god! Because the tuna is large it's much more than normal well i guess it would be the size of a normal tuna but it's also like electric blue and has the face of a human being and does this gasping noise that is truly going to haunt me for the rest of my life so it's this massive like five foot tuna that is just i mean it's incredible to look at because you're like wow that must have taken hours but also will i ever recover from this and that is a lot of this movie's makeup and hairstyling to be brutally honest and like it's impressive I honestly think it it's probably the most impressive work of the category, which is wild to say, considering I wasn't even going to watch this film, but I was constantly impressed by it and like saw the, te the level and technical prowess in the work. I mean, I don't know if this could just be the trauma talking, <laughs> watching Pinocchio, but I was, I was surprised by how, how much it did actually deserve to be in this category. Um, Matt, what were your thoughts on the nightmare experience of watching Pinocchio? Oh, God. Um, yeah, it's, you know, it's very impressive, technically. But, like, to what end? <laughs> at is what, what cost? I thinking. Yeah, at what cost? <laughs> it's like, it's like, you know, like, sure, they really do make that little kid look like Pinocchio. And then, like, have all this horrible shit happen to him from, like, his his legs being burnt off because <laughs> he's made of wood or like, you know, the, the truly frightening uh, version of Jiminy Cricket in this oh, film that looks God. like a, a young child put in terrifying makeup who speaks like a, an old person who's dying. And he like, looks like the rejected character designs of Yoda or something. It is such a nightmare. And, like, whenever he shows up, he talks like an old Italian philosopher. And it's just, but, like, with his little child's face. And it's, like, you just want to scream at the TV, like, what's <laughs> happening in this movie? Like, And the tuna who you mentioned, which is, like, really, like, so, so, it's funny. Um, I started up the movie, and, um, which I paid $6 for, to reiterate. Yeah. And, um... My boyfriend texted me and was like, hey, my schedule cleared up. I'm going to come. Can I come over now? And I was like, yeah, but you have to finish watching Pinocchio with me. Cause I'm not gonna, <laughs> like, I was like, I am not going to come back to it, essentially. Like, it's like we're, I'm either finishing or I never will. And um, so he came over and oh. I kept thinking while watching as he was driving, I was like, he's going to leave me. <laughs> like, he's going <laughs> to. Like, this movie will be the and and he would be right to do so if Absolutely. for watching this. <laughs> but then... nothing, nothing would be more disturbing to find you watching. Uh, you could be watching a literal snuff film, and it would be less disturbing than watching this film. Walking in on you watching this, it's so fucked up. 
There's a shot where Pinocchio is literally hanging from a tree in a noose. It is so shocking, these images. I cannot For like an extended it. period of time. So like, long. And then at one point when the movie's on, we decided to order food and we were looking at our phones. Um, and I look up and it was near the end and I see the tuna with the human face for the first time. And I'm like, dear God, what's happening now? And it's so, so, so troubling. And um, yeah, like, it's impressive. But I have to say, it's like, the whole film is such a strange mess of like, you know, both being appropriate, like, you know, being intended for children and families, but also being, like, truly horrifying, where I'm like, this doesn't serve the film at all. <laughs> and it's, like, it's it's memorable, but, like, you know, like, frightening. And I, I, I you know, I, I a small part of me thinks it could win, because I imagine, you know, you know, I'm, this is the first Academy voter who popped in my head, but like Reese with a spoon <laughs> picking up the screener and being like, oh, well, that's impressive. And like not watching the film, but voting for it because it's like it's very good makeup. And I, don't know, um, I think Reese would sit down with her kids to watch it and then be absolutely horrified. Reese, if you're listening, come on the pod and tell us what <laughs> yeah. what she did. What was your voting process like? She would watch it and then text Jennifer Garner to be like, "Don't let the kids watch Pinocchio. It is a nightmare. It is. It's it's <laughs> almost honestly an exercise in um, like, do you want to traumatize your child into obedience? Here it is. It's so weird. And then Jennifer Garner would respond and say, "Reese, can you put me in one of your miniseries?" And Reese would lose <laughs> her phone. Yeah. <laughs> um, <suddenly. laughs> But um, yeah, no, it's it's a it's a frightening film that I I am happy I never have to watch again. But it doesn't matter because the images will live in my head forever. <laughs> yeah, if you're looking for a sleep paralysis demon, it's in this film. Um, yeah, God, it's such a fucking nightmare. Um, I, I kind of think it might win. Um, mm-hmm. are, are you under like I think the other one might be Emma. But what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, it feels like a really obvious winner. I was going to say the yeah. only person I could see beating it is Ma Rainey, but like both of those, Emma and Ma Rainey, there are more obvious places to reward it. So it's like, I don't know. I, I, I'm with you. Like, it seems like the front runner, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what a nightmare. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, let's move on to <clears throat> best achievement in costume design. Um, a lot of repeats here. Um mm-hmm. Emma, Alexander Byrne, uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Anne Roth, Mank, Trish, Summer, Trish Somerville, Mulan, um, Bina Degler, I think, um, and then Pinocchio, Massimo Cantini Parini. Um, uh, why don't you, well, I'll talk about Emma this time. You, you talked about Emma already. Um, and we, you, we already sort of touched on it, but um, the costumes are like really part of what make this film so uh, memorable and enjoyable. Um, so colorful, like really really crisp looking um it's probably not all period accurate you know it's like you look at something like beloved pride and prejudice from 10 years ago and it's all of that stuff looks worn all of the stuff looks new but that's part of the aesthetic it's this very clean very colorful um palette that like lots of pastels um bright colors that is just really pleasing to look at um and i i had a lot of fun with the the costumes of it 
uh, again, there are things I disliked about the film, but you know, the costuming in in tandem with the production design, I think, makes the film alone worth watching. Uh, thoughts on the costuming in Emma, Matt? Yeah, no, it's incredible. Um, like, there are certain outfits that I'm still thinking about, and I mm. haven't watched that movie in over a year. Mm. Um, I love, there's at, at least two scenes, but there might be more, of the, um, the male lead, whose name I'm forgetting, even though I love Emma and I've read that book so many times, but um, the the Paul Rudd of the film, if you will. <laughs> um, he, <laughs> you mean you mean the actor or the um the actual name? The, I, the I can't think of either one, but um, oh. but uh, you know, it's like there are two moments where he is being dressed by his um uh servants, and there's one moment where he's like really frustrated with Emma and like. Um, and like love angst and like lies down on the ground and it's like a very like you know it's great use of the costumes like it's just like you know it's like a very nice detail to watch him being put in these outfits by his servants and everything and like it develops his character really well in the in those scenes and you know just the costumes are such a big deal also for that film because so much of Emma's plot hinges on um uh, a ca- character being made over, similar to Clueless, and um, mm. that that does so much work for Mia Goth's character, and it's it's just it's very very impressive work that I I love. I'm happy to nominate it. It's w- one of my favorite movies of the year, and I was very pleased to see that. Yeah, it's really good. Um, I'd love if it won. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Um, <clears throat> how about you go in on the uh, costumes for that? Yeah, again, incredible. Um, you know as we expect from a lot of costume dramas like this and period pieces um the attention to detail for the period is great you know especially like it's one of the few films i've noticed maybe because it has so many male characters but i feel when you get to costume dramas there is so much more attention paid to uh women's clothing and in this and the suits that the men wear are just like these incredible suits that speak so much to their characters and it's really nice work. And then, you know, that blue dress that uh, Viola Davis is in for so much of the, for so much of the film and like her, mm-hmm. the extravagant outfits she wears um, as she's leaving the the hotel in the, in her, like not her introduction, but like her main like scene where we learn so much about her character as she's on her way to the studio. It's like, they're such great, uh, outfits in, de- in developing the characters and I really love the work here and it's a beautiful looking movie yeah it's really good um <clears throat> like the uh costumes are so integral to the plot even like those shoes that uh, mm-hmm. uh Edward Boseman's character buys very early on are a whole plot point <laughs> at some point <laughs> um and his costuming is is speaking to his character I mean there's this they, they sort of start, his introduction is him being sort of really obsessed with his looks and really accept, obsessed with his status and, and uh, his costuming speaks to that. Um, it's a brilliant expression of character. And everybody else's uh, costumes are expressions of characters, including um, Viola Davis's. That dress is like, you, can't, you almost can't even think of the movie without thinking of the way she looks in that film. And part of that is the makeup and the hair, makeup hairstyling and then uh, costumes. Um, Let's move on to Mank, which uh, I think makes a better argument for costuming than it does for makeup and hairstyling. Um, 
probably only because of that party scene where um, <laughs> Seyfried has to cry in that like, you know, uh, band leader outfit or whatever the hell she's wearing. Um, <clears throat> it's it's good costuming. Uh, it, it seems period accurate um, more than most of anything else in the film. So I'll give it that. Um, it, it's still not my 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 favorite costuming of the year. It's it's totally passable though. Um, what are your thoughts, Matt? Yeah, not my favorite, but basically I'm in full agreement. It's like, I hope everyone involved wrote Amanda Seyfried a thank you note, because like, yes. she she did so much to make that film work, I think, including the costumes. I mean, like, whether, despite my, my interest in the film being so low, and my, my love for the film being non-existent, like... One of the outfits I think of all the time from the, the last year is her band leader outfit, or even you know the outfit she wears in that great shot that should have become a meme, where like the limo door opens and she just kind of pops out, and it's like, <laughs> like that they, there's so much meme potential there basically that we didn't use, and yeah. um, you know, if if it wins costume design, uh, I I hope everyone involved thanks Amanda Seyfried for yeah. her contribution. That is a really good point because all of the memorable costumes are hers, and even that, like the one she's in the first time we see her with the, um, you know, that Joan of Arc thing, that sort of mm-hmm. flowing white outfit, like every big moment, and that's probably by design. You know, she is supposed to be this movie star that he's absolutely in love with, but and everybody else's costumes are fine. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's just not. I mean, there's just there's just better work in the category. I might be more interested in in um, paying attention to it. <laughs> not for if, if not for every other thing in the in the category frankly mm-hmm. um <clears throat> excuse me um let's move on to mulan um which uh you can talk about yeah <clears throat> excuse me we're both having the coughs <laughs> um now um mulan yeah it's like it's 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 a good looking film costume wise the costumes are certainly not bad but you know with ma rainey and um um emma and even to an extent Mank because of amanda seyfried like mm-hmm. we talk about how much work the costumes do for those films and with mulan it really just seems like you know well it's a given will make the costumes look nice and it's like there's none of it really does any character work for me to elevate it and you know it it just it it truly feels like a filler nomination to me and i also just find the film itself so dull essentially where <laughs> it's like the costumes just don't stick in my head i can't think of any one of them and i i've only watched the film like a week or two ago it's it's just it's it's very bland work i think to be nominated in a year with a lot of great costumes yeah yeah um, let's see, that, that's, what do you think, oh, I'm sorry, we do have one more, of how could I forget our beloved Pinocchio? <laughs> um, <laughs> the trauma, I'm trying to suppress it, really. Um, also, the same kind of thing with the, um, makeup and, and hairstyling. It's, um, you know, it's remarkable for, um, how much it helps create this fantasy world of this Pinocchio fairy tale, well, nightmare fairy tale, if you will, um, parable of how to not get you know eaten by a whale or whatever as a as a kid um or burn your legs off (laughs) (laughs) um it's it's good it's part of i mean a lot of it is um 
it's, it's how they get a lot of like uh, character work done. You know, that big snail lady, that's pretty cool looking. I have to say that snail lady is uh, that's like a, it's a full grown woman who's dressed as a, a giant snail. Um, and it's impressive. Um, but there are also deep, deep, deep nightmares. Like the, um, the tuna is not wearing any, any uh, clothing. It's just a tuna. Um, with a human face um, <laughs> like those little bunny undertakers that come in all dressed in black to um, put uh, Pinocchio in a coffin after um, after he refuses to take his medicine. Um, pretty, pretty, pretty effective, you know, as, as horrible. And making horrible. me cry. <laughs> <laughs> and searing themselves into their, into my mind's eye. Um but, you know, listen, it's it all is very detailed and impressive. I will say that the blue fairy looks incredible at every iteration that they put her in in the film. Um, but it, I don't know. I, I think it's <laughs> I think this also could pull a win here. Um, but I hope to, for everyone involved that it's Emma, because if, if this thing wins any Academy Awards, it's going to push people to watch it. And I just it's like so we should limit the trauma. You know, 2020 was traumatic enough. We need to move on. Enough is enough. Uh, who, what are your thoughts on the winner? Yeah, um, just the Pinocchio costumes are le- less traumatic than the makeup, yeah. but still traumatic. And yeah. um, I don't know, I think it feels like less obvious of a costume winner. I, I do think Emma seems like the same, but, or Ma Rainey. I could see one mm-hmm. of the two of them. And um, we're all better off for it. I feel like if Pinocchio wins an Oscar, like, just some sort of chaos vault will open in the earth that we won't be able to reseal, and it will, like, lead to just pandemonium, so we can't let it happen. The tuna will appear in my home to strangle me. (laughs) Yes, exactly. I mean, listen, like, this podcast will be publicly available worldwide. They might hear it and just, like, hop on a plane and come through to America and beat us up, so, you know. Yeah. Nightmares. Oh, nightmares. True nightmares. Um, yeah. Oh, I suppose I, I never talked about Mulan, which I do has think has great costumes. Um, you know, it, it's it's uh, they have to recreate a lot of iconic stuff from a um from the cartoon, and they do some of it and make it you know make it their own. It's it's those are really nice costumes actually. When uh, in I don't know, it, it might be a, a shoe and kind of winner in another year, but I think there's so many more memorable films in this category, and nobody really liked you know that that film didn't have a lot of love around it so it's not gonna win um but let's go through some picks for um uh what we think should have been nominated in these categories uh let's start with makeup and hairstyling any anything come to mind for you yeah i will say um i don't particularly like this movie at all but um probably the best makeup i saw in the movie this year is i'm thinking of ending things which um Mm. Mm. has this whole extended sequence in the middle. I mean, actually, for most of the film, but particularly in the middle, where characters are jumping around in age. And it's, like, it is incredible work. Like, just really stunning makeup. And then um, outside of that, like, this this was just a good year in general, I think, for, like, genre films like that with makeup. You have um, Possessor, the uh, Brandon Cronenberg film, which is a you know, a very nasty little movie that, like, is not for the faint of heart, but um, has this one little, like, mask thing that Andrea Reisenberg has to put on at one point that is so freaky-looking and memorable. I mean, it's literally a poster of the film, but it's 
very well implemented into the um, into the movie. And then uh, I want to say too much about this one because it is sort of a spoiler. But uh, the film Relic, which I know you're also a fan of, mm-hmm. has some incredibly memorable makeup in the last act that I think you know, never really had a chance for Oscars, but is some of the best makeup of the year. It, it has haunted me every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, those images. I mean, ah, scary movie. Great movie. Um, for me, makeup and hairstyling, um, this may come as a shock to people because uh, depending on when this episode airs, I will have shit on this film a number of times. Um, I do think Promising Young Woman has great uh, makeup and hairstyling for a number of reasons. Mm. Um, it, it is always expressing character, uh, particularly just even if you're just looking at the Carrie Mulligan uh, character, let's say she is. So we some we sometimes see her actively using makeup and hairstyling as as a way to lure these men in, um, and it works. There's a featurette I remember seeing about um, that scene when she smears her makeup in the mirror and then goes to seduce. Oh God, I don't remember who. Um, we may never even see who it is, but um, when she smears her makeup, that they thought about that red lipstick like for forever, so many times, because they were like, it has to be something really shocking, and it's sort of her like, you know, um, this this moment of of like pulling the pulling the curtain back on what she's doing, um, and they had to like they had a, a color for it, and they had to get it approved, and then I think they ended up having to make their own color for it, so. Um, and they, there's this, the feature art is also like, well, they wanted to make it look like she had learned all of her uh, makeup tricks from like YouTube or like influencers, which is so smart. And it does look like that. And then mm. when she's not in her sort of like um, uh, luring um, mode, she looks, it's so much more stripped down and she just looks sort of, um, you know, normal. Um, and it's, it's just a really smart um, use of makeup and hairstyling in a film. Um, in a film I, I have, you know, vocally not disliked. So um, I think that speaks to how good it is. Um, I, I might say uh, Birds of Prey as well, honestly, um, mm-hmm. if, if only for the way that they style um, um, Journey Smollett uh, as Black Canary. The, the choice of the hair is, like, so good. Like, the, the sort of bleachiness of it and the... I don't know. It, she looks like a rock star and she totally should. It's like so smart. Um, I don't know. And everybody, everybody's um, look in that is really smart. Although I do think um, the makeup isn't necessarily the strongest part of their looks, I, but I'll talk about that in a minute. Um, anything else for hair and makeup? For you? No, that's it for me. If I were being messy, I would say like <laughs> um, Rosamund Pike's like Bob cut and I care a lot is sort of like, <laughs> was sort of uh, doing a lot of heavy lifting for that that film but um I don't think that film is you know good enough <laughs> it's that's just me being you know chaotic um how about your costuming choices anything you would have uh, picked yeah um uh, let me see here I really do love the work in um Ammonite which I mentioned in another episode already uh not a great film but um the costumes are incredible for it and just like that film for better or for worse is really committed to embodying the period and showing you all the hardships that people in that time period went through which is very similar to what um francis o'connor the director um his first film gods and country which is phenomenal 
did with just like you know he's very much into like the technical aspect of the life of his characters and that doesn't always work in Ammonite but it works really well for the costumes and just seeing like how layered and interesting those costumes are and um I also really really like for a more a more contemporary pick um love the work in Miss Juneteenth um really Mm -hmm. just like you know fully fits the mold of what that movie is trying to go for and like sets the tone really well uh contemporary costume work is so rarely noticed and um like that that is just a great example of how to do it well in a really subtle non-flashy way and um maybe actually no definitely my winner for costume this year but i'm, I'm gonna leave it at that so i think you'll have to talk about it is um birds of prey which is out of this world costume design i think <laughs> yeah i agree with you it's one of my picks too it's so smart that film is so good looking in in many ways, but the costuming is so perfect. Everything that um, Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn wears is so exciting and so. Um, I think the thing that most was most pleasing, or one of the things that was most pleasing to me in watching the film, was that the aesthetic feels extremely feminine and girly, but without being like condescending anyway in any way like you know I love she's great in Suicide Squad a film that I you know I (laughs) think is more palatable than most people (laughs) and I don't even really like it like I would never watch it again um but the you can see the subtle shift in the way that the women are dressed here compared to like most uh female superheroes like they're sexualized in a way that they are having fun where it's not just full male gaze like uh harley is you know her ass isn't hanging out like like it is in like the in suicide squad but that doesn't feel like um and it's not like it's not like they're it's not actively commenting on the way that it's different but you just feel that these like this is what these women might actually wear if they were a little bit heightened and a little bit superhero you know um Mm -hmm. and it's all like utilitarian too for the most part um that big fluffy um uh, like sleeved coat that Harley wears, you know, I'm sure it's a nightmare to, to actually wear, but boy, does it look fun on camera. Like everything is so fun to vis- look at visually in that film. And the costumes are a huge part of that. Even um, beloved Mary Elizabeth Winstead's uh, costuming as like Huntress is it's supposed to be purple, but it's subtly purple. You know, it's, it's calling out to the comic books without like, you know, making it too big, even when the whole film is too big. It all looks like a comic book in a way that I think is really enjoyable. And that I don't think a lot of, um, I don't know, there's so many comic book movies out there, but so few of them actually look like comic books in a way that I think <laughs> is enjoyable. Um, you know, I, I don't think, I mean, I think the MCU looks like shit for the most part. So I certainly wouldn't say that. And then, you know, Snyder's Justice, Justice League was in uh, black and white. So who's to say? Um but yeah, brilliant costuming. Um, other ones I would have picked, um, I think Sylvie's Love, again, I'm just going to keep mentioning it, so just get used to it. Um, <laughs> it's great work in that, great costumes in that. Oh, beautiful. That blue dress that Tessa Thompson wears, my God, what a knockout of a dress. Um, it just says so much about where she is and who she is in that moment. It's so brilliant. But all the costuming is great. When she's a couple years younger and she's wearing those, like, capris and that, like, tight shirt and, and her hair is real short, oh brilliant i mean i probably should have said this for you know makeup and or something as well but like um yeah it's just beautiful um costuming in that beautiful period um costuming that like 
doesn't necessarily look like what everyday people might have worn, but the point is that it's going for this Hollywood glamour and it that every moment of that film is draped in Hollywood glamour because of the, the costuming in part. Um, I could also say like, you know, I mentioned it before in another episode, but uh, costumes in Jingle Jangle are great. They're part of what make that, that movie so feel like so much like an other world. Um, it's, they're like really, they look really like you could, you could tactile. Um, they're really uh, structured. It's like steampunky or Victorian, but a little, obviously a little different. Um, I don't know, the great costumes in that film. And then finally, um, I will say Tenet has great costumes, particularly mm. everything that they put Robert Pattinson in is so smart. Every moment, those, there was a moment where he's, I don't know, they're talking about who gives a shit um, pretty <laughs> early on. <laughs> and he's wearing this um, shirt with it. He's got a little scarf around his, his, his neck. And he's wearing this shirt and the um the sleeves of it come out from his jacket in this incredible like angle. They're so far out of his jacket. Like they almost go over his wrist or like into his palm. I, I like couldn't stop staring at them because I was like, wow, what a choice for a men's <laughs> men's suit. <laughs> I was like, what a, what an interesting way to have your cuffs like angled. Like, what is that? Is is he is it a is that a regular like suit shirt like what it, what am I looking at I was so fascinated and then every time he showed up on screen it was like what's he gonna be wearing um <laughs> it's it, great he looks he looks great the whole time um but yeah those are my my picks for costuming how about you anything else no um I do want to just you know reiterate the birds of prey love incredible incredible yeah. costumes you know we mentioned how we're not fans of the Marvel aesthetic for me. Like, I mean, black, black Panther is the, the outlier in that, but other than that, the MCU is just so bland looking and, you know, DC is two for two so far. Cause they also gave us the jellyfish dress. So it's like, jellyfish dress. yeah, it's like, you know, like keep it going DC. I don't know if I love everything you're doing. Cause I refuse to watch the Snyder cut, but, um, but you know, like at least there's a vision basically yeah. yeah i mean yeah even though the costumes in wonder woman are really good too if you think about it so oh yeah i mean the jellyfish dress as we have said many times is the the pinnacle of cinema for the last 10 years um <laughs> uh that is our episode for um makeup and hairstyling and costuming um you know a wild ride uh i'm sure you want to watch pinocchio having listened to us make fun of it for so long but i'm telling you don't don't make the mistakes we did just don't do it this is that's what this is really about (laughs) um uh once again we have we have not figured out when these are airing so um tune in next time for whatever we're going to talk about next all right thanks for listening everyone